0: We want to talk about the subject, more spirit, less flesh. More spirit, less flesh. More spirit, less flesh. Galatians chapter 5, beginning at verse 16, we find these words. uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousy, outburst of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envies, murder, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. You may be seated in his presence more spirit, less flesh. You know, years ago, as I was youth pastor, one of the joys that I had really was to encounter young people. And I love young people because their minds are growing, their minds are, are forming and shaping. Uh, and I still do to my heart. I love teenagers in particular and watching them grow. Yeah, it's challenging at times, but I just love watching them grow. And one time we had this event, and it was called Create Your Own Sunday. And this one particular young lady, I love her because she's, she'll tell you what she's thinking. She ain't going to hold back. You know those people that they're just going to tell you. And it's called Create Your Own Sunday. And it was an ice cream social, and it was about, you know, making a Sunday. But I asked them this question. If you could create your own Sunday service, what would you do? And the one thing that she said, uh, which was interesting to me, is we used to collect our offering in order of service. We would collect our offering, then we would welcome our visitors. And she said, you know, she thought that was rude. Because you're going to ask people for an offering before you even welcome them into the church. And so I actually brought that up to the leadership and said, hey, this is what she said. And so we actually changed it. That's why we now, we welcome our visitors. (laughs) Before we, we collect offer. Now, as a visitor, you don't have to give. That's up to you. But it's just polite to even do something like that. And, and I love her, her boldness because another time I asked him a question. I said, you know, what do you need more of? She just broke it down. She just said, we need more freedom. <laughs> you know, teenagers, teenagers want freedom. Right? Come on in here. We like freedom. Anybody like freedom? We like to do what we want to do. (laughs) And I love it because she just said, we just need more freedom. And Christ has come to make us free. Anybody realize that? And and we have freedom. And this is our our year of being ready for more. And, And I don't know about you, but I'm ready for more. I'm ready for more knowledge of who God is. I'm ready for more knowledge of who I am in him. I'm ready for more freedom in Christ Jesus that I can experience that freedom. And I'm ready for some more victory in every area of my life. I wish I had a witness in here that we're ready for more. And we talked at the beginning of the year about how God doesn't breathe into something or he doesn't give his spirit to something that's not structured. So before he breathed life into man, man was put together. It was structured. And so we want the breath of God in our lives. And so we've got to be put together. And if we're going to be successful and experience this freedom that God has already won for us, we have to have more spirit and less flesh. Now, I have three beautiful children and a beautiful wife. And I am right-handed. My wife is right-handed. My oldest daughter Is right-handed. My middle child is right-handed, but my son he is left-handed. Now, 10% of all people in the world are actually left-handed, and those 10% have to live in a right-handed dominant world. I remember in college I used to play the bass, and it was a friend of mine who was a musician. He was he could play any instrument. You just put him on; he just naturally could play it. And he would play my bass upside down because he was left-handed. Uh, and you can actually buy a left-handed instrument, but you got to get that specially made. Because when you go to the store, everything's made for right-handed people. Mostly instruments are made for right-handed people. So when I had my son, it was challenging because I was always like trying to explain something to him, but it's like backwards, <laughs> You where know, It's like... Everything that like people left-handed was is kind of backwards. So you tie tying your shoe, you, you got to show it his way because that's the way he did it. And I just wanted to make sure that he could do it right. And when you're writing, right people right you know, this way, left people are right across the page that way. It's kind of different. And, and, and as he grew up and he started playing basketball, and it was unique because he was on one team where about they had 10, 11 players, but six of them were left-handed, which is unique. You don't typically see that. And I always think it's funny because everything would go to the left. I mean, every time somebody got the ball, they all going down to the left because that, that's their dominant hand. They would all go to the left. And we and we just laugh. And, it, and it's funny. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I just, I've said this before, but I just love going to games because parents start screaming. Coaches start screaming. Turn them the other way. I mean, make, make him use his other hand. I mean, grandparents, they in the 70s, Turn Turn them you know because they know that they were going to go this way and so I would always take him in the gym we would go into the gym and play one-on-one we play one-on-one to 11 and I would say to him okay you cannot score with your left hand until you get to your sixth point so in other words I had to force him you got to score with your right hand because I don't want you to just be a left-handed player and so he would always battle through that. And so as he grew, he got better, and he can go to the right. You know, he can finish at the right and shoot even a little bit with his right hand. But even at 15 years old, when, when the pressure is on, right, his go-to move is to the left. <laughs> when he go sweep and go, he he's going to the left. And you say, so why, why am I saying this? I'm saying this because even in the body of Christ, many of us are flesh dominant. Amen. See? <laughs> see, when the going gets tough, <laughs> I'm still going to cuss you out. You see, you see, you see what I'm saying? It, it's... it's Although I'm, I've been born, I'm spirit. I got a spiritual side, but but I, I, I'm flesh dominant. That that I, I still have this tendency that I'm going I'm going this way. See, but the challenge is: see, our problems in life were caused by the flesh. So so the flesh's not a solution to the problems. See, our, our, our flesh can't resolve our marriage and relationship problems. Because this is what caused the problem in the first place. Our, our flesh can't, can't get us out of our addictions and our proclivities for certain things because it's flesh that got us there in the first place. Uh, our flesh can't deal with the deep pains of our soul, that, that the pains of abandonment and the pains of abuse, because it's the flesh that got us there in the first place. And so although we're free, sometimes it still feels like we're slaves. We're slaves to fits of anger. We're slaves to the unruly tongue. We're slaves to the weed. Talk to me, somebody. We're slaves to sexually acting out. We're, seems like we're still saved even though we've been free. But the good news of the gospel is that there's another side. There's a spiritual walk that we've got to look at. See, our spiritual walk, our walk in the spirit is often it's misunderstood. It's underdeveloped and definitely underutilized. And so we've got to spend more time investing in on how to actually walk in the spirit so that we do not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Paul is writing here in the book of Galatians, and he wrote about 49 A.D., And I want you to read the book of Galatians at at home on your own. Just read the entire six chapters over time because we're going to be talking about it for a while. So read the book of Galatians, begin to chew on it, uh, and start meditating on some of the concepts that are in the book of Galatians. But I'm starting in chapter 5 real quick, so i got to bring us up just a little bit. Paul, he's writing to the church that he established, and he taught them the truths of the gospel that we are free in Christ Jesus. And and some, some other people came behind Paul and started teaching them that in order for them to be accepted in Christ that they had to be circumcised and they had to go back to following the law but Paul he taught them that it's not about the law because the law cannot save us we got to understand that the law was there for a purpose but it cannot save us the law teaches us that God is holy right so when we look at the law we see that God is holy and we look at the law it sees that God wants us to be holy too right But when we look at the law, we see that God is holy. He wants us to be holy. But if we're honest, we are not. (laughs) Right? God says don't, and we do. And the law was there to help us to understand that, guess what? We cannot attain God without God. So that's why we have something called grace. Anybody thankful for grace? We don't live under the law. We live under grace. That is God's grace that enables us. He just says, I'm going to give you opportunity to be simply because out of me, I'm giving it to you. It's a grace. We can't earn it. He tells us salvation is by faith. And faith, not just a believing in our head, but faith as an action. So when you believe something, you move on it. If you don't move on it, do you really believe it? So he teaches us that, that we're saved by faith and not by works. It, it doesn't matter how much good that we do, good will never save us. We can feed the ho- homeless every single day, and that will not get you into the, into the good graces of God. There's nothing we could ever do to actually earn acceptance or approval from God. Nothing, and he teaches that and it's not by the works that you do of the law, but it's by faith and grace. Then he tells us that we're, we're sons and heirs. Anybody realize that you are a son and an heir, and you're a son and an heir of God by promise. And so we are not slaves to sin, but we're actually free sons. And he goes and he talks about Abraham and how he had a child, a son named Ishmael, with Hagar, which who was Hagar was a slave. But the promise wasn't to the slave. The promise was to his wife and him who was the free woman. You see what I'm saying? So the promise is to those who are free, not the slave. And so we're not slaves to sin, but we're sons and heirs in Jesus Christ. But then he gets to chapter 5. He says, now to make all of this possible, we've got to deal with this dynamic of spirit and flesh. He says, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. I'm teaching now. Is that okay? Let's talk about definition. When we talk about flesh, what is flesh? As a proper definition, Piper, John Piper says, that he says, anything that does not rely on the spirit and does not give God, give glory to Christ. So anything that does not rely on the spirit and does not give glory to Christ. Anything that does not rely on the Spirit and does not give glory to Christ. Let's break that down. In other words, it's self. <laughs> it's, it's our fallen nature. So we got to realize that w- before you became a Christian, you had one nature, which was your fallen nature. But when you get born again, you have a second nature which is your spiritual nature. So that's why before you got saved it was easy because you could just do whatever your fallen nature wanted you to do. So flesh is talking about self. It's talking about ego, E-G-O, ego, edging God out. So let's let's get practical so we understand. God says forgive, you say over my dead body. Right? That's flesh. (laughs) You see that right there? (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. God says, give as unto the Lord. We say that's 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 my money. Right? That's flesh. Right there. I ain't giving them my money. I work too hard. See, that's flesh. See, see that talking? That's flesh. So we can we all relate? That's flesh right there. This is what he's talking about. And and, and flesh, Galatians, I mean, Romans 8 tells us this, and we're going to look at that later. Uh, Flesh cannot agree with the Spirit of God. Okay, flesh cannot agree with the Spirit of God. Notice I did not say flesh will not. I said flesh cannot. There's a difference. See, my children asked me for $100 sneakers. Or $300 sneakers and I say no, not because I cannot, because I will not. You see? And they get upset with me because they know I can, but I won't. Right? But if they were to ask me to buy them the island of Bermuda, I simply cannot do that. So you're not going to get upset with me because I can't. You see what I'm saying? I don't have the ability to do that. See, and we got to understand our flesh flesh cannot agree with God. It's important distinction. So we can't try to negotiate with our flesh to agree with God because it can't. That's deep and it's real. It cannot. It never will. Why is this important? Because our flesh is insubordinate. <laughs> you ever work with somebody that was insubordinate? Were you the one that was? No, no, that's, that's not, let's not go there. You know, when you tell, you give a, a directive and, and the person's insubordinate, they will never do what you told them to do. They're going to do what they want to do. Even though you told them to do it and do it a certain way, they decided they was going to do it the way they wanted to do it. You ever work? Come on, somebody in here. Ever had somebody that was insubordinate? You ever had a child living in your home where you was paying the bills and you was the one working and you were doing all, but they still wanted to come in when, when they wanted to come in and do what they wanted to do and say what they wanted to say and talk the way that they wanted? To. Why is it quiet in here? It, 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 You know what I'm talking about, insubordinate. So what do you do with something that or someone that's insubordinate? You fire them, right? Your flesh has to be fired. Your services are no longer needed. Spirit. Talk about spirit. Pneuma in the Greek. He's talking about breath. Or life. So it's, it's dealing with the issue, and I wanna go back and say this real quick. Flesh, sometimes in, the, in the scripture, is talking about body, just the, the physical body, like your, your, your human body. And there's nothing wrong in and of itself with the body. The body's neutral. But flesh, ego, like what we just talked about, is what he, he's talking about here. Spirit is talking, we have a spirit man that's been regenerated, and we look at scripture there. But there's our spirit. But when he's talking spirit here, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. That's why it has a capital S on it, meaning the third person of the Trinity. And so spirit and flesh are often dis- are going to disagree. And we're going to talk more about that. I'm just trying to set some foundation. Right? Because that's why you can't do what you want to do. This is what he talks about. In either direction. Huh? When somebody does you wrong, you want to kill them. Y'all too churchy. Huh? Somebody mess around on you, right? You want to kill them. But something something won't let you kill them. Right? That's the spirit. So I wanted to kill you, but the spirit wouldn't let me. Right? (laughs) You see? Now, you wanted to do right, but your flesh wouldn't let you. You see? So you can't do what you want to do. That's what he's talking about right here. Walk after the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. There's a book that was out years ago called The Purpose Driven Life. I don't know if y'all have you all heard of that book? It made Pastor Rick Warren very rich. Purpose Driven Life was all over. We had every Purpose Driven Everything. Purpose Driven Ministry, Youth Ministry, Spanish, English, you name it. All kinds of languages, Purpose Driven Life. And I have the book. Anybody have the book? But I'm going to, I'm upfront, going to tell you, I did not read the book <laughs> in its entirety. I'm going to tell you the truth. I read the first sentence of the book, because for me, that was the essence of the book. And the first sentence says, it's not about you, period. I just closed the book and said, okay, that's it. <laughs> that, that's all I really needed to know. It's not about you. It's a mindset shift that we've got to understand and we're going to walk in the spirit. It's said, the main character in your life cannot be you. The main character in your life cannot be you. If we're going to have more spirit and less flesh, we have to put our story into his story. See, we're used to hearing stuff like Jesus come into my life, right? Come on, let's be real. We want Jesus to come into our world, right? And help us with our world. Come into my situation, right? And help me with it. As though life revolves around us. Watch now I'm teaching. We want God to come into our world. Well, Jesus did that once. (laughs) Our little small world, we want the big God to just come into our world. (laughs) As big and powerful as he is, we want him to come into our little world right, and just help me in my world. Because you know what I'm going through. (laughs) Genesis chapter 3, we didn't turn there, but but watch. Adam and Eve fell. Remember that? Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve sinned. They disobeyed God. And God, you know, she said, well, the the, the, devil, the serpent made me do it. And he speaks something to the serpent. He says that the seed of the woman is going to crush your head and you're going to bruise his heel. So Adam and Eve fell. They had a problem. But God's problem, solution to the problem had nothing to do with Adam and Eve. Because the seed wasn't Cain, seed wasn't Abel. That seed he's talking about was Jesus. See, he went straight to Jesus. <laughs> That's the solution to the problem. Watch, Genesis chapter 12, where he, where he gives uh, Abraham the call. He says, go out, and I'm going to bless your de- offspring. Galatians 3 tells us this, too. When he says offspring, he says offspring, singular, not offsprings. We're not offsprings, you see? Offspring, singular. Why? Because that offspring is who? Jesus. So the promise was actually made to whom? Jesus. We get this because it's Jesus who this is all about. I hope I'm helping somebody today. Who was raised from the dead, you or Jesus? <laughs> See, that, that's what Easter is about. See, the empty tomb shows that it, it's, it's about him. He's the one that got up with all power in his hand. See, when we die, when we sin, our biggest enemy was death. That's why God said, guess what? The day you eat, you shall surely die. Death is our biggest enemy, but on Easter morning when he rose, it shows that, guess what? Death has been defeated. So Jesus is the one who has the victory. When he was on the cross, when Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. When the Bible says that the, the veil of, of the temple was torn, guess what? The access, we love to celebrate that we now have access to God, right? That's what that means. We that, the veil was torn and what separated us from God was now broken. We have access. But guess who went in first? he's the one who actually went in first, you see, because he is the one who's the first fruit. The Bible says that the stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. And guess what? Ephesians 3 talks about how we are fitted together with Jesus. Jesus does not fit with us. You 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 see what I'm saying? He doesn't fit with us. We fit with him. Because he's the chief cornerstone. It's about him. That's why he even says stuff like, if the world hates you in John 15, he tells the disciple, if they hate you, guess what? They hated me first. (laughs) They only hate you because they hate me. Then he says in chapter 16 of John, he says, in this world, you will have tribulation. Guess what? I had tribulation in this world. So if I had tribulation in this world, you're going to have tribulation in this world. But then he says this, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. And so if I have overcome the world, you will overcome the world. (laughs) But he's the one who went first. Long story short, it's not about us. It's about him. And we can't say, God, come into our world and help us in our world. We got to put our story into his story. We got to identify with who he is and what he has done and what he has accomplished. Because that's what we got to deal with. Marvin Winans, I love Pastor Marvin Winans. The man can sing. I just be transparent, you know. I can be a little jealous that time. Pray for me. Pastors who can sing just drive me crazy. <laughs> I went to see Pastor Marvin Sapp one time, and he said something that just irked me to death. He said, "If I can't preach you happy, I can sing you happy." <laughs> he got an out. I don't. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> I went to see Pastor uh, Jason Nelson in Baltimore preach. I'm telling you, man, that man started singing before he started preaching. He ain't need to preach. (laughs) The man did not need to preach, singing like that. (laughs) Marvin Winans, I love him. You know his music. He's got a voice like butter. That man could sing. And he's a songwriter too. But he wrote a song that, and and I'm not trying to be anal, I understand what he means, but he wrote a song that says this Wherever I go, please let your spirit follow me. The spirit's not following us. I get it. I know, I know what he means. He doesn't want the, the, to be out of God's presence. He wants God to always be with us. But we got to understand that it's the Spirit's job to lead us, not follow us. His assignment is not to follow us wherever we go and to make sure we are right. And so sometimes we wonder why we're not getting where we want <laughs> well, in victory in our lives because we're, we're asking him to come in to where we are, but he ain't there. He never led you to that relationship. You went there on your own. Right? He wasn't in that house. Your flesh bought that house and that $4,000 mortgage payment. That was your flesh. He was trying to teach you patience, and you said, no, I got to have this now. Then your job went away two months later and said, God, come in to my situation and save me. Come into my world. Holy Spirit, have your way. He was trying to have his way, but we wanted him to follow us. <laughs> the Holy Spirit leads towards God's will. I'm wrapping up. <laughs> Listen. We gotta understand that dynamic. If we're gonna have more spirit, less flesh, it's his story, not our story. We, we, we understand that we serve one God and three distinct persons. Everybody understand that. That we have God the Father who is the creator, He's the ruler. It's the will of the Father that's done. When we pray, we say, Our Father, our Father which are in heaven. See, Jesus taught us this idea of concept of of the Father. It's the Father. It's God the Father whose will is done. He created everything. He moves everything. It's by his will. Then we have the Son, Jesus. Jesus is the Son. And and, in the Son, all things consist. See, everything is him. He's the perfect image, the perfect expression of God. Colossians 3 teaches that. All things were created for him and by him, and without him was there nothing. In him all things consist. We don't have hope. He is our hope. You see what I'm saying? We don't have joy. He is our joy. We don't have peace. He is our peace. We don't have a righteousness of our own. He is our righteousness. We don't have victory. He is our victory. We don't have life. He is our life. Everything that we need is him. It's found in him. That's why he says in him we live, in him we move, in him we have our being. Everything that we have is in him. That's why Christ-centeredness is so important, because you have nothing without him. The very will of the Father is expressed in him. You want to see what God wants? Look at him. Looking unto Jesus, right? The author and finisher of our faith. Look at him. You want to know what God wants? Look at him. That's why Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, because the very expression, the very will of the Father is me. So our eyes have got to be fixed on him. So we know that God, the Father, we pray to God, God, the Father, we do that, the will of God. We know that everything is found in Jesus, but then you have the Holy Spirit. Somebody say Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the power of God. The power of God to execute the will of God. Okay? The power of God to execute the will of God. Zechariah 4 and 6, we saw resurrection. It says, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Let's be honest. There are other powers in this world. There's other might in this world. Demons have some might too. Devils have some might too. Guess what? You've got some might, too. It's called willpower. You ever said I'm not going to do that no more? And turned around and did it? What happened to that willpower? See, we've got power, willpower. But God says when God is doing something, when the Father is doing something that's found in Jesus, it's not by might nor by power, but, wow, by my Spirit, saith the Lord. So whatever God wants to do, he does by his spirit. He does not outsource any power. He doesn't need power from anybody else. That if it's going to be the will of God, it's going to be done by his spirit. So if the spirit ain't doing it, God ain't doing it. We follow that. Not by might or by power. There are other powers. But so whatever God does, he does by his spirit. We're saved because the Holy Spirit, the Bible teaches us in Titus chapter 3, he regenerated our inner spirit. Our inner spirit uh, was dead, like a, a, an unbeliever. But he, the Holy Spirit, regenerated. We didn't do that ourselves. It's the Holy Spirit that did that. John 3 said, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So it's by the spirit. Jesus Himself was not did not raise Himself up. Do, Do we realize that Jesus did not raise Himself up? The Spirit of God raised Him up, because Jesus always depended upon the Spirit of God. We good? This is important. Because the same spirit that lived, that raised Jesus up, guess what? Will quicken your mortal body. (laughs) This is where it gets good. Romans chapter 8, 11 says, the same spirit that raised Jesus quickens your mortal body. And we got to realize that Galatians 4 and 6 teaches that that we received the Holy Spirit by faith. It was the promise of God. So when you get saved, when you get born again, you have the Holy Spirit dwelling on the inside of you. The same spirit that raised Jesus is living on the inside of you. Do we realize that? The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, defeating death, hell, and the grave, is living on the inside of you. That's deep. And it's a promise to us. Now, here it is. The second thing that if we're going to have more spirit and less flesh is that we've got to acknowledge his presence. We have to acknowledge his presence. Amen. <laughs> One of the biggest challenges in life. And to be the biggest disrespect you can do to somebody is to ignore them. Have you ever been ignored? You walk in the room and somebody acts like you're not there. You ever been ignored? You did all the work on the project, but nobody ever mentioned your name or your contributions at all. Because they wanted the glory for themselves. You ever been ignored? Somebody ever give you the silent treatment? Come on in here, husbands and wives. You walking around, you not talking, like the person don't live in the same house with you and sleep in the same bed with you. You ever been ignored? (laughs) You ever been ignored where people just look right past you like you you don't exist? We wanna ignore people, we look busy. Huh? (laughs) You look like you're doing something. Look busy. Huh? We change our routine, right? I know you're gonna go this way, so I, this day I'm going this way. I, I change my routine. I, I, I avoid eye contact, so make sure that, that you, you act like I don't see you and you don't see me. I know you saw me, no I didn't. No, 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 because I was, I, I was over here. But if we want more spirit and less flesh, we have to acknowledge the presence of the Holy Spirit. Not just in a corporate setting, in a worship experience, but in our everyday lives that we get up and move and breathe every single day. That we know God the Father, we know what he's done to Son, but the Spirit is the one who gives us the power to live as God would call for us to live. The truth be told, we cannot do the will of God unless the Spirit is enabling us to do the will of God. That's why we got to ask for his help. We can no longer ignore him and act like he's not there. If we're going to have victory in our life, if we're going to experience freedom in our life, we got to realize that the Holy Spirit is present with us. He's abiding on the inside of us, and we cannot ignore him. We got to say, good morning, Holy Spirit. How are you? I need you to do for me today what I cannot do in myself because this person I'm laying next to, I would rather have them dead. But God, Holy Spirit, I need you to lead me the way that I need to be led. The Holy Spirit's been sitting on our bench way too long. We've been playing in the game, and we losing, but you got the best player right here sitting on the bench. It's time for the Holy Spirit to check in the game and start leading us to do what he's been called to do. He can take the whole situation over. He can make things right if we just allow him to play. See, when the Bible says trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and and lean not into thine own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your path, the path will be directed by the Holy Spirit. And guess what he's doing in the lives of believers. The Holy Spirit is not the caboose. The Holy Spirit is the one that goes on the front. He's the one that got all power to bring us through. He's the one that can bring you through a marital problem. He's the one that can bring you through relationship troubles. He's the one that can be the locomotive to pull you through that financial situation. When you don't see how you're going to get your way out, it's the Spirit that's going to enable you to do what you need to do. The Holy Spirit can do that thing like work that you can't do by yourself how you can't handle the situation, but it's the Holy Spirit that gives you insight. It's the Holy Spirit that gives you revelation. It's the Holy Spirit that reveals those who are stabbing you in the back so that you can know how to move and how to be sexual. It's the Holy Spirit. You can't do it by yourself, thinking Monroe, but you need the Holy Spirit to pull you through. It's the Holy Spirit that'll pull you through grief. When you think you can't get up another day, it's the Holy Spirit that'll say, get up today. Get yourself dressed today. Get in the shower today. Go to work today. Have a productive day today. Give somebody a hug today. It's the Holy Spirit that'll power you. When you're powerless in yourself, it's the Holy Spirit that knows how to keep on trucking. There's nothing that can stop him. Death can't stop him. Hell can't stop him. Nothing that gets in his way can stop him because he's all-powerful. Get him in the game and acknowledge him today. Our flesh has been failing us way too long. We've been trying in our own strength, but it's not working. Holy Spirit said, let me check into the game for you. I'll lead you like you've never been led before. We're closing, but I just want to have a minute or two of just acknowledgement of the Holy Spirit. Not even a corporate thing here, because when we do it individually, then we come corporately. You know, this place will blow up with with such anointing of the Holy Ghost and such power and strength. But I'm talking about in your own personal life. So says, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and feel the atmosphere. Right where you are, you may have been ignoring the Holy Spirit. You may not have been acknowledging him, may not letting him play in your life. I just want you to take a minute as the music just begins to play and to say, Holy Spirit, you are welcome in my life. Holy Spirit, I acknowledge you as the third person of the Trinity. I know God's will to be done, I know it's in Jesus, but you are the power, you are the strength to execute the will of God. Right where you are, just begin to acknowledge the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit know that you want him leading you, that he's not the caboose in your life, but he's the locomotive. He's the engine that will drive you to where you need to go. He's the engine that will lead you to where you need to be. He's the engine that will get you out of that rabbit hole and get you out of that dead-end street but take you to the promised land of the will of the Father in your life. He's the one that will get that relationship right. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, walk after the Spirit.
1: Acknowledge him today.
0: thank you we bless you for your ministry of leadership in our lives lead us to Jesus lead us to Christ likeness in our lives lead us to the will of the father in our lives we don't know where to go Holy Spirit but you lead us we don't know how to go Holy Spirit but you lead us we don't have the directions we don't have the map God Holy Spirit lead us empower us change us, transform us to the image of the dear son Jesus and we thank you Holy Spirit for victory we thank you for freedom we thank you for freedom today God we thank you for freedom Holy Spirit we receive it today and we bless you and we honor you and it's in Jesus name all things that we pray amen and amen hallelujah give him praise, give him glory